Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. Hello. Hello. Hi. Oh my God, I want to come through the screen and hug you. Hey, everybody. Jessica Zor here, also known as Vanessa Abrams on Gossip Girl. I am so excited to share my new podcast with you guys. It's called XOXO, and it's a walk down memory lane all about Gossip Girl. I'll chat with some of the cast, crew, fans of the show, and I'm just so pumped for you guys to go on this journey with me. Hi, I'm Ed Westwick. I played Chuck Bass. Is this Michelle Trachtenberg? I'll never tell. Hey, I'm Taylor Momsen, and I played Jenny Humphrey. Hi, I'm Sebastian Stan, and I played Carter Payson. That was one of the reasons I liked the character Jenny so much, is that she was very relatable. The whole thing was such a joy for me to do, and I was just so thankful that people responded the way they did to what we were doing. This really was just, like, wonderful. I, like, have, like, warm feelings inside. Yeah, me too. I'm giving you air hugs. Listen to XOXO on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Being a real estate agent isn't about listing houses. It's about connecting to people. I need to find new buyers every day. So I promote my listings using radio commercials from iHeartAdBuilder.com. Now every time I have an open house, it's a full house. A custom radio ad from iHeartAdBuilder is the fast, affordable way to drive customers to your business. Put the power of radio to work for you. Get started now at iHeartAdBuilder.com. Two women accuse Sex in the City star Chris Noth of sexual assault. Jeff Garland has left the Goldbergs because of alleged inappropriate behavior on set. And with the Harry Potter reunion coming up, we're talking with BuzzFeed's Nora Dominic about whether or not it's okay to still enjoy the franchise. It's December 17th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Stephen LeConte. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. So before we start the show, I just wanted to give a heads up that today's episode deals with sexual assault as well as transphobia. And now, on to the show. For our first story, following the premiere of the Sex and the City reboot, and just like that, two women have come forward and accused Chris Noth of sexual assault. The women told The Hollywood Reporter that the reboot stirred up painful memories. One of them alleged that the actor raped her in 2004, and the other alleged she was assaulted by him in 2015. Noth released a statement saying the accusations are, quote, categorically false and that the encounters were consensual. I mean, it's a completely disturbing story. I would encourage everyone, if you haven't read it and you're curious, the Hollywood Reporter story breaks down these two separate allegations of rape. They are disturbing and the details overlap in certain ways. And these two women did not know each other and both contacted the Hollywood Reporter separately. And both because of the fact that the this reboot was coming out, you know, and I can only imagine how traumatic to be those two women at this time when this show's coming out and it's just everywhere, right? And, you know, um, my friend Alana Bennett, she was tweeting about it and 
and she was saying something about like how awful it is that this is when they have to come forward when like he has the success and his names are in the headlines again and the SEO is right. good for his name. Like that's awful, right. you know, yeah. and who who knows it, you know, it takes a long time to process, to process situations yeah, sure. like this, you know, so at your own pace, but either way it is awful that they've had to deal with it by seeing his name on the headlines and his face on their screen. And I'll be curious to see, you know, how, if at all, the creative team behind the show addresses this. I mean, obviously, and this is kind of a spoiler alert if you care, but, you know, they do kill off Chris Noe's character. So, like, moving forward, I'm not sure he'll be on the show anymore anyway. But, you know, this is a show that gave this man a platform, which he's allegedly used to abuse people. And so I also am just curious if HBO or the stars are, are going to talk about this at all. Yeah, definitely. Considering Peloton just pulled the ad that he was in. Right. That's right. They've done this whole viral ad with Chris Noth and one of their Peloton trainers. And, you know, it's a it's it's a strange week for this to happen because he's been so in the headlines for kind of positive reasons, mm-hmm. you know, which I can, again, would imagine would be very traumatizing um, to these women who have come forward. All right. Well, moving on in more upsetting news. The same day that the news about Chris Noth surfaced, People Magazine confirmed reports that Jeff Garland was leaving the Goldbergs after accusations of, quote, inappropriate behavior on set. According to Deadline, sources revealed that Garland was, quote, extremely verbally and emotionally abusive, while earlier this year, Vanity Fair asked him to address reports of unwanted hugging. Garland said he's a, quote, person who hugs for sure, and also admitted to Vanity Fair that HR had been investigating him for three years. While fans might be upset about Garland's departure from the show, it sounds like people behind the scenes aren't exactly grieving the loss. One person told Deadline that when executives came to tell the cast and crew that Garland wouldn't be returning, multiple people cheered and said the mood on set was, quote, ecstatic. Uh, I mean, I have so many thoughts on this. Uh, yeah. uh, the number one that comes to mind is that at the same day this announcement was coming, like telling the cast and crew that of Garland's departure, the executives were also there to congratulate them on their 200th episode. So the fact that it took 200 episodes to have this man removed. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, the fact that he openly admits that HR has been investigating him for three years. I mean, look, I don't claim to be some lawyer or expert on how HR works, but it seems like if there are allegations like this happening in a workplace, it needs to happen uh, more expeditiously than three years. It does. And also in you can read the deadline article, but it also goes into how one time someone did go to HR to report him. Garland found out about it and then harassed her even more because of it. I mean, it's just a a very toxic workplace. Well, you know, and an interesting detail in this whole thing is that I believe the article mentioned that they're going to, to finish out his storyline, they're using a body double and then they're going to use CGI to superimpose his face onto the double's face. So he is going to somehow finish out the series without ever returning to set. And then they mentioned in the article that they've had to do that before with him. I know, that is wild. And then, you know, I was happy to see that they did also get another four episode order following his departure, taking the season to 22 episodes, because I was concerned as soon as I saw that, I was like, I was like, this poor cast and crew, the show might get canceled because of this, and then they lose their income. And I'm like, I'm really hopeful that these four episodes is them trying to test out how the show does without Garland. And I truly do hope that it does well. I'll be tuning in. Me too. 
All right, so moving on. As many of us know by now, in the last few years, J.K. Rowling has repeatedly made headlines for making extremely transphobic comments. Many of her critics have called her a TERF, which stands for Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminist. We want to say up top that trans women are women and that gender is a construct, and we wholesale reject J.K. Rowling's ignorant point of view. And though we like to keep J.K. Rowling out of our thoughts whenever possible, and I hate that I've just said her name so many times, the upcoming reunion and anniversary of the franchise has once again raised the question of whether or not it's possible to separate an artist from their art. So today, we're talking with BuzzFeed's Nora Dominic to try and figure out whether or not it's okay to still enjoy Harry Potter. Hi, Nora. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, guys. So we know you're a huge fan of Harry Potter. I grew up with Harry Potter, too. Steven, did you? Yes, Every, every a midnight release of every book. So we all love Harry Potter, but we've had some mixed feelings over the past few years. And, you know, you're a very intelligent and thoughtful person. And so we wanted to have you as a guest today to talk about this. But before we get into it, can you tell us a little bit about your history with Harry Potter? I mean, how much has it been a part of your life? Yeah, I definitely don't remember a time in which there wasn't Harry Potter in my life. I mean, I was born in 95, so it's basically been my entire you know, life has been some part of Harry Potter. And I definitely, as I got older, read the books. And like Steven said, like I went to midnight releases of the movies. I went to midnight release of the last book and like read it all night to finish it. Um, so it's definitely always been obviously a big part of my life. And one of the first, like, I want to say when I look back at like the pop culture that like I've become, you know, such a fan of and was so involved with. That's definitely one of the biggest and the first I remember being so in, into. Yeah. And, you know, we wouldn't be having this conversation if it weren't for J.K. Rowling. So when she made her first public transphobic comments in June of 2020, as a fan, how did it affect you? Like, did your relationship with Harry Potter change, if at all? Yeah, I think it definitely did. I think it's hard and it's happened with some other projects I've enjoyed where it's really hard to now read it or watch it and not have that in constantly in the back of your mind. And you're not you know, I'm always thinking about it. And obviously she made those comments and it was like, man, this person that wrote something I cherish and love is like an awful person basically. And it's coming to kind of terms with that. And it definitely made me, you know, stop and think about, you know, my relationship with Harry Potter, what she was promoting all these years um, and that kind of thing. Right. And it feels like this is really just like one part of a larger debate, which has been happening for the last few years of whether it's okay to separate the art from the artist. And obviously every case is different. So it's not like a one size fits all set of rules, but it does feel like there are generally two schools of thought about this. Like there's one camp where people completely denounce the artist and all of their art, no matter how much they might've loved it at one point. And then there's another camp where people feel like as long as they're not actively supporting the artist, they can continue loving the art. I'm curious, how do you feel about that debate, especially in relation to J.K. Rowling? I think it's such a complicated debate. Um, and I think about it a lot of time with J.K. Rowling. I think about it with Joss Whedon and Buffy and, you know, Marvel. And I think about it a lot with Mark Schwann and One Tree Hill, which is like my favorite show of all time. So I definitely have personally thought about it. And I think what I really loved, I think Sophia Bush said it with One Tree Hill. She talked about how like she created Brooke Davis. She created and embodied that character. And it's so much more than the words on the page he put down and the, you know, 
the atmosphere on set. And I really kind of think about that where it's like, you know, Daniel Radcliffe became Harry and he brought his own spin to it. And it's so much bigger than her. And she's, and we may all have, you know, found a common ground in the work she created, but there's so many more, like I've met friends through Harry Potter and I've met, you know, I've been to conventions and like sitting in a room and chatting about it. Like she may have created the world, but the fandom goes so much further. So I definitely, it's one of those things where I kind of make a conscious decision. Like I don't buy any like official Harry Potter merch anymore. And I really like, I I'll buy shirts from like local businesses on Etsy um, and smaller businesses like that, because those dollars are going to fans and not to JK Rowling. And like, I already have all the books. There's no need to buy the book again. Um, So those are just kind of little things I'm constantly thinking of where it's like, I've separated, I don't want her to gain anything else from my love for it, but I still have a love for it and am able to, you know, celebrate the characters and the fandoms that have been created in a different way. I mean, I think you said it perfectly. And I think it is. I mean, before Stephen, like even when you're asking the question, it's like, you know, it isn't one size fits all, you know, like everyone's going to have different things. But I think at the end of the day, you like know who you are as a person, you know, like I know my values and my beliefs. And it's like what you said, like we have become much bigger than the world she has created. And so it's like, it's ours now. And I absolutely love one of my, one of my favorite tweets that I might've said on this show before, but it was this hilarious tweet that was like, isn't it wild that we'll never know who wrote the Harry Potter series? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yes, take her name away. I also think about the tweet that was like, isn't it wild that Hermione Granger would hate J.K. Rowling? Yes, like she 100%. would despise her. So I, I think much. about that all the time yeah. where it's like the, the character she created would absolutely not be standing for anything she is saying. Oh, not at all. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll be right back with more from Nora Dominic. Chief-It. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat-burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Hey, this is Paris Hilton. Last year, I revealed the story of my abuse at Provo Canyon School. Since then, thousands of survivors have come forward. Now, I'm on a mission to expose the truth of the entire industry. In this weekly investigative podcast, me and my host, Rebecca Mellinger and Caroline Cole, will examine one infamous teen treatment facility each season. First up, Provo Canyon School. This one is personal. When you first get there, you have to experience girls screaming, locked up, peeing themselves, in the hallway sleeping. And you're like, where am I? Holy heck, this is not what I expected. Listen to Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From Cavalry Audio comes the new true crime podcast, The Shadow Girls. I always wanted to know what it felt like to kill somebody. 
prosecutors described him as a serial killer savant, picking up these girls, getting them in a position of vulnerability. When he got a hold of their neck, that was it. I'm Carolyn Osorio, a journalist and lifelong resident of the Pacific Northwest. I grew up near the banks of the Green River and in the shadow of the killer that bears its name. How many times did you bring the camera to one the river? Time. Just one time. One time. He started fantasizing about having sex with his mother. Then he fantasized about killing her. But this podcast isn't only about tracking down the killer. It's about the victims. We stayed in the woods. He always liked to go to the woods. She was just, to all of us, kind of strange. You know how he feels about prostitutes? Listen to The Shadow Girls on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We're talking with BuzzFeed's Nora Dominic about whether or not it's okay to enjoy Harry Potter. So, you know, it's been somewhat refreshing that the cast members from the movies have spoken out against J.K. Rowling and in support of the trans community. I mean, you just brought up Hermione hating J.K. Rowling, but like the actors have spoken out as well. And, you know, this includes the three leads, Daniel Radcliffe, Emma Watson and Rupert Grant. Do you feel like this show of support does anything to rehabilitate our relationship with Harry Potter? I think it was really important and not to say I was like surprised they spoke out, but I'm just like really glad they did it in such a public forum and very much, you know, denounced it very quickly. It wasn't like we were waiting like two or three months and they finally said something. So yeah, I definitely think it adds to kind of what we were saying before where it's so much bigger than her and the world she created. And just like having these actors that played these characters and brought them to life and were such a part of all of our childhoods, you know, be on our side of things on this side of the fans. I think it's huge. Yeah. You know, in the last few years, people have also started to realize that there are just aspects of the Harry Potter books that are more problematic or troublesome than we originally thought. This includes its almost complete lack of people of color, its total lack of queer characters, and then there's the whole like house elves are slaves thing, which is played mostly for jokes. I mean, to be fair, all art is a product of its time and it doesn't always age well. But what do you think that Harry Potter fans now do with that? I think, like you said, like, I look back on some of the other stuff, like, I was rewatching How I Met Your Mother recently, and I was like, man, this show feels so old for the stuff they were able to get away with, and it's just, like, it's interesting when you go back and you you have a different lens and you've learned more and you, you know, again post 2016, like we're all thinking about things differently and post all of JK Rowling's, you know, comments. So yeah, I definitely think it puts a more critical lens on the Harry Potter books as well, especially when you think about, you know, these values we might not have known she stood for. And now we know, and obviously aren't great. So I definitely think it puts a much more critical lens on when you go back. I did a reread beginning of quarantine. I reread all the books just so, you know, And even doing that, I was like, man, weird. There's some like glaring holes and stuff that definitely could have been edited um, and that kind of thing. Yeah, Uh, I went through like a wave of emotions because of this, like of all these different feelings. So we'll see. Let's see if I can like verbalize where (laughs) I landed. But do you know what like at first pissed me off and now makes me feel more powerful is the fact that the lack of all these people and all these identities in her book are the kinds of people she attracted to her book. The people who have felt othered 
and have have felt like, you know, like there's magic inside of them. And so it like pisses me off that like she didn't include us and yet we loved it. And then on the other hand, it makes me so grateful that that is the fandom. Like we are the fandom. We have taken it from her and it sucks to suck. Yeah, and it feels like she didn't learn um, a lot of the lessons <laughs> no, in her she did own not. books. Like, no, there, none. There's a there's a lot of there's a lot of shitty stuff in Harry Potter books, but there's also a lot of like really like nice values and morals that that made me a more progressive and accepting person. And I'm just surprised that like the the person who wrote those words apparently didn't read them. And I like to Casey to your point. I think about like for years she was attending conventions and hanging out with fans and like all of these people and like nothing absorbed. Like it was like absolutely nothing. God damn it. God damn. She sucks. Okay. So for Harry Potter fans, this issue isn't going away anytime soon. On New Year's Day, HBO will be airing the 20-year Harry Potter reunion special, which J.K. Rowling will not be a part of. And then we're going to get another Fantastic Beast movie in 2022. And HBO just announced they're developing a new Harry Potter TV show. So, I mean, yeah, it's a part of our world every corner you turn. So what advice do you have for a Harry Potter fan who might want to engage with new Harry Potter content? I think it's like we said earlier, it's really, you know, you know your own values and you know what you stand for and you know that, you know, J.K. Rowling is a horrible person and has these views, but you're still able to appreciate like the 20 year reunion because, you know, Daniel and Emma and Rupert are very excited to see each other and that cast is excited to celebrate the world they've built as well and and celebrate the world that, you know, the fans have created around it. Fantastic Beasts is a little more, I feel like, (laughs) difficult for me as a person. That might just be me. But again, it's like looking at the lens of like, listen, Eddie Redmayne was contracted for three movies. You knew this movie was going to happen. It's They're figuring out a way to do it and it'll come and it could just come and go. It could be one of those things. But I think the HBO reunion is definitely one of those things where it's like, I'm glad she's not involved at all, but there's going to be obviously the chatter of like, okay, but are we supporting her if we watch this? What money is she getting out of it? I'm always curious, like what part of the profit now does she get out of some of these kind of things? That's just something I'm kind of always thinking about. You know, I, um, and this is not for everyone. This is just like a a weird thing I do. I'm sure some other people do it too. But whenever I'm put in a situation like this and I have money available, I do donate it to a cause. I was just about to say the same thing. So it's like, you know, I'm probably like, if I watch a reunion, I want to donate to Trevor Project. If I don't watch a reunion, probably still donate, you know, like of, of, you know, and, and if people don't know that is Daniel Radcliffe, that is how he also came out against JK Rowling was by saying he's working with the Trevor Project. So definitely a great organization to support. But yeah, that is something that like aligns with my values and makes me feel better about the situation. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think like you said, there's no way this franchise is going to go away anytime soon between like reunions down the line, you know, a TV show, if they were to ever do a prequel or, you know, a sequel series, anything like that. So I think it's really kind of wrestling with the fact of, you know, thinking about how involved she is, what you can do, you know, to support the Trevor Project and other organizations like that. And then just really remembering that like Harry Potter is the world you've created yourself and not just like what she put on the page. Well said. Well, Nora, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. That's it for today. Come back and join us on Monday. 
And remember, you can still love Harry Potter, but J.K. Rowling is a turf no matter what. BuzzFeed Daily is produced by Dan Bowser, Frank Capello, and Jess Goodwin. Special thanks to Erica Nedany and Samantha Hennig. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you go for your podcasts. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of the biggest stories on BuzzFeed, coming to you daily. They say if you love something, set it free. At LifeLock, we say that's bull hockey. All that saving up and paying off debt just for some identity thief to set it free? Crazy talk. It can be dangerously easy to steal your identity. LifeLock by Norton makes it easy to help protect yourself. If you become a victim, we'll work to fix it. No one can monitor all transactions, but everyone can save up to 25% off their first year at LifeLock.com aware. Identity theft protection starts here. This season, get football on your terms with NFL Game Pass. Let's go! See every snap from every game with full game replays. What a throw, what a catch! Listen to all the action as it happens with live game audio. Watch the dog, G! Leaping grab to Monte Adams! Plus watch your team on your time with condensed game replays. Wow! Get football on your terms with NFL Game Pass. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. Hello, I'm Minnie Driver, and on my podcast, Mini Questions, I put together a little experiment. I ask trailblazers across different disciplines the same seven questions. Questions about the inflection points in their life, what they like least about themselves, and what relationship has defined love for them. This season, I'm coming back with new trailblazers, like Blondie vocalist Debbie Harry. I did have a revelation. It was at CBGB's, as a matter of fact. I was waiting for the audience to give it to me, give it me. Then I realized that I had to make them. I had to command them. Artist and creative juggernaut Goldie. And I walk up to the mountain, I hike up. Just being in that environment and seeing life and death in front of you, right in front of you. And I go up there and scream and cry and and, and laugh and I find that being the happiest. And many more. Join me as we continue this exploration on season two of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.